Monday night, May 6th at the Hyatt Regency in San Francisco. You're invited to join athletes and celebs at the Bay Area Sports Hall of Fame Enshrinement Dinner. Be there to celebrate this year's class featuring Olympic swimmer Jenny Thompson, San Jose Earthquakes legend Chris Wondolowski, Niners Super Bowl hero John Taylor, Sharks icon Patrick Marlowe, and the architect of the Giants dynasty, Brian Sabian. Be a part of this star-studded evening benefiting Special Olympics Northern California. To purchase tickets, visit Bayshoff.org. That's B-A-S-H-O-F.org. Listening to the San Jose Sharks Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light. Logan Couture wins it in overtime. Now, here's your host, Ted Ramey. First period, thought we played a pretty good period. We're down three nothing. So, I mean, we've got to dig yourself out of all out of a hole on the road. When really, I mean, thought we were probably the uh, the team that had some better scoring chances in the first period. Their guy made some saves, our guy didn't. And now you're down three nothing. I mean, we got back to three two, you know, there's no execution on the breakaway, uh, or sorry, on the uh, breakout. And now it's four two. And then, you know, you start trying to uh, play with, play outside the system and trying to catch up and uh, take some penalties. And obviously the rest is history. All right, good morning, everyone. Happy Friday. I am sure you are looking forward to the weekend when you can watch the Sharks play again and forget what happened last night. And the most important thing about what we will be seeing on Saturday is the Sharks will be playing a game at SAP Center for the first time in nearly a calendar year. Yeah, it's finally happening. The Sharks are going to be back in San Jose playing hockey, and that will be something to look forward to. I am very much looking forward to it. I am amazed that it has been that long since we have seen a game played at SAP Center. But yeah, wild, man, wild that it's taken this long for us to get back to playing hockey in San Jose. But I can only talk up the future for so long before we talk about the past, specifically what happened last night against the Kings. And that was rough. There is no other way to put it. That was a rough game, especially because you just felt like you stepped out onto the ice and pulled out a large gun and just shot yourself right in the foot. And you go on the penalty kill that early in the game against a team that's decent on the power play and you give up a goal and you give up another goal. And then you put together what looks like one of the best power plays that we've seen from the Sharks team all year. They somehow were denied a goal in that situation, and it led to a goal at the tail end on a breakaway, and suddenly you find yourself in a three-goal hole. If you're down 3 nothing, just a little bit past the halfway point of the first period, you're probably going to lose that game. And I think there were some positives to take out of this. The fact that Tomas Hurdle got his game going again, scoring not once but twice and getting the Sharks back into this. A 3-2 game after the second period. I do like that, that resolve. I do like the response. I like Tommy Hurdle scoring again and looking like he's maybe close to getting his game going again. I liked a lot of what we saw in the early goings of this game. And while it was impressive for the Sharks to be backed at a one-goal deficit, after the second period, it was just, it was too much to overcome. I mean, listen, you, you are going to have nights where you come back. You should not plan on that in the slightest. And I guess if we're 
Talking about the big picture, they did not have an abysmal second period. I thought they were outplayed, but they actually won by way of the scoreboard. They scored one goal. The Kings scored none, but you're down 3 nothing. You come back and get two goals. The momentum was still entirely given to the Kings, and it was simply too much. It was simply too much for the Sharks to overcome, especially how it's the last game of a 12-game road trip, especially because they have already been through a weird situation throughout the entirety of the season, and it was just, it was not going to be a game you're going to win. Let's put it that way. But let's go back to that first period for a second and talk about the things that I really, really liked. And one of them was Evander Kane just buzzing around on the ice, trying to make things happen. He was taking shots. He was making good pot passes. He was being very aggressive. I loved what we were seeing from him. I, I thought that's, when I think about the ceiling of Evander Kane, I thought that the type of game he was playing early on was everything you know he is capable of being. He was fast. He was aggressive. He was that power forward that we love to see out of him. And it just wasn't happening. But even still, he was continuing to create opportunities for himself and others. And you saw him doing all the right things. And he just wasn't rewarded with that goal. But you saw him making an impact on the game. Another thing I liked out of this game was Eric Carlson. I don't know if he listened to Brett Hedekin or what, if somebody got the memo through to him, but he suddenly started shooting the puck and getting it towards the net. And that was creating opportunities. And that was making things happen. And I really, really appreciated what we were seeing because instead of trying to do the same thing over and over and over to, to not great results, we saw a little bit more from Eric Carlson and he was rewarded in this game with an assist because you want to see him creating these opportunities if his point total goes up, that by all accounts means the Sharks are playing better hockey because if Eric Carlson can live up to the level of play we know he's capable of and can be a key contributor, that's going to make the Sharks a better team. I know I am not breaking down any rocket surgery there for y'all, but it's true. And I thought that Eric Carlson was more aggressive. I thought that he looked more just potent overall. And I think that at key stages, the Sharks were simplifying and it led to them playing a decent first period. But let's not, you know, try and sugarcoat this. Martin Jones simply wasn't good enough. And Bob Bugner said as much after the game. And I think that Martin Jones would tell you to a man, he knows he was not good enough. That was not a great performance for Martin Jones. I'm not going to say that the Sharks didn't put him in some bad positions. I'm not going to say that that the team doesn't need to be better in front of him because we know these things can be equally true. A, they put him in some bad situations. B, they need to be better in front of him. C, he needs to be better overall. And now we have this situation with Devin Dubnik. He is quote-unquote day-to-day, but I'm not expecting him to play against Vegas. And that means the onus is on Jones, right? That means he knows there was a lot of pressure on him because they most likely are not going to be able to go to Dubnik and I don't think Bob Bugner wants to go out there and feed Melnichuk to the Wolves that are Las Vegas. So that means this is on Jones, and he knows he has to be better. Now, the one thing that I will say is that Martin Jones has a wealth of experience to draw upon, and he knows this Las Vegas team, so hopefully he can use his mental abilities and make up for some of the deficiencies he showed against the Kings last night. I mean, we all know Martin Jones can be better. We all know what Martin Jones is capable of. He just had a very, very bad night, and it's it, it sucks because the Sharks were so close to building momentum. 
you don't give up all three of those goals in the first period and the entire dynamic changes. A two-goal deficit after the first period, or even 2-1, let's just say in this scenario that Tomas Hurdle does score that goal, totally different game. But you go down 3-0 a little bit more than halfway through the first period, and that's just too much to come back from. And that a lot of that's on Martin Jones, and I'm not trying to point fingers and lay the blame on guys because, like I said, they all know they need to be better in front of him and not put him in some of these bad situations, not go on the penalty kill that early in a game, whatever it is. But he needs to be better, and he's going to be ha- he's going to have to be better if the Sharks are going to be competitive against a Vegas team that is potent. In big picture, when you look at the Sharks, I think you see a team across the board that has to be better. They have to be better start to finish. Let's not try and lie about that. We know the second period has been a big-time problem for this team. They have yet to put together 60 minutes of quality hockey. It's time that they did that. It's time that they stopped having this drop-off in the second period. Even though they won the second period last night by way of the score sheet, that was not a tremendous period of hockey from the Sharks either. Let's not try and kid ourselves. We also know that the offense needs to be better. The offense needs to simplify. When I watch the Sharks and I see them try and get cute and I see them try and make the home run pass, as we've heard Brett Hedekin reference time and time again, and Bob Bugner himself has made that reference as well, I just think to myself, guys, simplify. Try and keep things easy. Make life easier for yourself. If you control the puck possession, if you control or dictate tempo at times, it allows you to be the aggressor, gas that defense, Keep it in the zone. Keep opportunities alive. If you do that, it will yield positive results. And it's amazing to me that this team just continues to make the same mistakes. I mean, that's something that really frustrates me when you see a team do the same thing over and over and over, and it yields negative results. At some point, you have to change. And to that end, that's one of the reasons, as I alluded to earlier, that I was happy with what I was seeing from Eric Carlson, because He was not being a great contributor the way he had been up to this point in the season. His overall dynamic changed on the ice last night, and you saw him have a more impactful performance, which is what everyone is clamoring for when they talk about Eric Carlson. But overall, the Sharks need to do a better job of controlling the puck and not turning things over and making sure that your passes are safe. And, you know, we we saw just too many times, once again, the Sharks try and force something or try and thread the needle, or try and go for something that would need perfection for it to work, and it ended up biting them and turning into an opportunity for the Kings. That, that just can't happen. You're, you're If you're constantly putting yourself in a negative situation, you are going to pay for it, right? And it's frustrating because there, there's a part of me that also looks at this game last night and says, you're so close to getting yourself back into it. You're so close to getting that game-tying goal, to finding yourself crawling out of a big-time hole and changing the entire dynamic, changing the entire momentum of the game. Instead, Eric Carlson takes his eye off the puck while a bad bounce happened, gives it away, and then the Kings turn it from a 3-2 game to a 4-2 game. A 4-2 game is okay to me at that point. And then Evander Kane, bad penalty, bad situation. 4-2 is still a situation where you can say, okay, we can still climb into this. Then Evander Kane takes that penalty, another power play goal for the Kings. I like that Kane was being aggressive in that spot, but he's got to be smarter. He's got to be better there. He cannot get that penalty in that situation 
because that was when the game really, really got away from. It had already gotten away from the Sharks once on that night. You can't give another opportunity for the game to get away from you entirely. 4-2 is still manageable, right? You can still try and earn a, a point with an overtime loss. Instead, you get blasted, you get blown out, it's 6-2, to two, and I guess if there's one positive takeaway from this game, it's that you got to get a look at Melnichuk, and he looked all right. I mean, there wasn't a whole lot to really evaluate him on. He didn't see too much, but, you know, he didn't look like he was shrinking in the moment. It looked like he was there and ready to go, so I, I can appreciate that much, but as frustrated as I am with last night's game, I think you can still walk away from a 12-game road trip to start the year with a record of 5-6-1 and one, and only four points out of the final spot in the West right now, the Honda West Division, thank you, you can feel all right. Now, I don't think any of the Sharks would look at me and not laugh if I said that. They would say, Ted, we have you know, had a number of games where we could have earned points and we didn't. We had a little break in the middle of this where we got to come home and get some rest and actually break up the quote-unquote never-ending road trip. And again, I get it. That's the athlete mentality. They're going to look at me and of course, they're going to say that I'm soft or I'm weak or whatever it is. And they're, they're all right. Of course, I am soft. I am weak, but I am also practical. And even if they didn't want to listen to me, I think they all know that five, six and one after a 12 game road trip, however, it may have been broken up is not a terrible place to be. And now you're going to have a home heavy schedule, but what the Sharks need to be able to do, and I hope this comes as a result of being back on their home ice is many of the things we've been talking about 60 minutes of quality hockey, not falling to pieces in the second period and simplifying on offense. And I don't think this is some crazy ask either, right? Like I think the things that I'm identifying have been identified by the coaching staff have been identified by the players have been identified by the relative media. We all know exactly what the sharks problems are. It's up to them to fix it. Because listen, you, you can tell them the problems, you know, until you're blue in the face. It's up to the guys on the ice to make sure that those changes actually come to fruition. And I think that you see these signs that it could be there. It's just they manage to, to, like I said, they pull out a large gun and shoot themselves right in the foot at the start of that game last night. And in doing so, they took away whatever chance they had to bring some momentum home with them against a Vegas team that is going to be ready and chomping at the bit to go at this Sharks team. I mean, I'm sure Vegas is looking at this as an opportunity to get a nice road win because the Sharks have not been great up to this point. I don't think Vegas is saying, hey guys, they're 5-6-1 and one, and it's all been on the road, so you know they're better than that. No, they don't care about the Sharks record. Just like I alluded to, the Sharks don't care about hearing about their record either. They know that they need to be better, and they know that they can be better. And like I said, the onus is on them to be better when they are back on their own home ice. And I think this kind of goes back to the whole way we've been viewing this entire road trip and what we've seen from the Sharks so far is that you take the good with the bad. You have to look at the fact that they are not anything special in terms of their record, but it could be a lot worse, and they've found a way to win a lot of tight games. They've kept themselves in the hunt, and so you, you feel decent about that. But at the same time, you can't hide or deny the very obvious issues that exist with this team. I mean, that's, that's simply, I'm not going to try and claim that that doesn't exist. I wouldn't be fair to you. I wouldn't be fair to me. I wouldn't be fair to the players. 
We know what the problems are. And you take that good with the bad, which, as we all know, second periods, the power play has not been great. Five on five hasn't been great. The defense needs to be better. The net minding needs to be better. We, we know all of this. But again, you take the good with the bad because it was all on the road and you try to, to view it under that lens of all, all being less than perfect or even ideal circumstances. And you say, okay, they've given themselves a shot. They've gotten through, in my opinion, the hardest stretch of the season. They did not collapse. They did not fall off a cliff. They are still alive after getting past this 12-game road trip. And now they have the opportunity to give themselves some time on home ice, be the aggressor, get that last change, and hopefully change a lot of what we've seen from the team this year in terms of their problems. All right, we're going to take a quick break. On the other side, we are going to hear from what was, in my opinion, a hot Bob Bugner after last night's loss to the Kings. And now, a moment of chill from Coors Light. Light, mountain cold refreshment, made to chill after the short but cold beer run from hot tub to cabin. 2020 Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Celebrate responsibly. Welcome back to Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light. You, you know, that first period was a good period, and we're down 3 nothing. So obviously it takes some wind out of your sails. We've got an amount to come back when we thought we played a pretty good period. And uh, um, so the second tonight is, is tougher for me to sort of compare to others. Uh, we actually, I think, won the second period tonight, even though we didn't play that well. But again, I mean, you can't you can't spot teams three goals uh, in the first period. So um, tough for me to make that assessment right now, other than just, you know, obviously it's got to get better and, and we got to play a 60 minute game. But, uh, you know, we had plenty of chances throughout the game and uh, um, we didn't capitalize on ours and they did. That is a frustrated head coach of the San Jose Sharks, Bob Bugner, bringing us back on a Friday morning. And yeah, I mean, he, he's 100% right. The team played well in the first period. Unfortunately, they found themselves in a 3-0 hole. Yes, it was not good for them to be on the penalty kill that early in the game. You got to give yourself some opportunity. You got to do yourself a favor and not get in that situation in the first place. But of course, this situation, the conversation all centers around Martin Jones. He gave up three goals on the first six shots that he faced. That's not good enough. There's no other way to say it. That is simply not good enough. Well, I, I don't know. You, you can ask him, but that's not up to our standard, that goaltending. And, uh, you know, I mean, we've given him a chance here to grab the net and, and uh, you know, especially with Doobie being hurt. And, uh, you know, we just, again, I, I think we're not expecting him to win hockey games for us and stand on his head, but we got to we gotta have solid goaltending, especially at the beginning of games. And uh, it's just, it's not up to our standard. And I'm sure it's not up to his own. Now, as I alluded to earlier, I didn't only, see a bad night for Martin Jones. I also saw the defense putting him in some relatively poor situations, which Mario Ferraro commented on. I thought he he, he played well. Um, you know, we got to be better in front of him. Myself specifically, uh, that breakaway goal, you know, that's on me. I got to make sure that I'm back and I, I get that guy that uh, comes out of the box. 
Uh, I don't think that I, you know, I think he puts a lot of pressure on himself, but that's what makes him such a great goaltender. And that's why he's in this league and he's been in this league for a long time because he's hard on himself and he wants himself to get better and better. And he's not uh, complacent ever. So yeah, he's, he's, he's hard on himself, but that's a good thing. And he's always been like that. And we got to do a better job of playing better in front of him. And, um, you know, moving forward, you know, that's, it's good that we, we see that, you know, it takes a lot of pride in, in playing hard out there and it, you know, it shows that, uh, you know, we got to do the same for him. Yeah, the challenge for the defense and for Martin Jones is to be better. Vegas has not been out of this world on offense so far this year, but we know they're capable of putting up a big number on any team on any night. They are averaging 3.36 goals per game. That's 11th best in the NHL. And we know they're going to be coming at the Sharks with a full head of steam because A, It's a big-time rivalry, and B, like I mentioned earlier, I'm pretty sure they're going to be looking at this game as an opportunity to pick up points on the road. Now, one thing the Sharks can do to not put themselves in a bad situation time and time and time again is controlling the puck, not turning it over, not putting themselves on their heels time and time again. Logan Couture commented on this after the game. Uh, hold on to pucks more in the offensive zone. We're kind of throwing the puck away. Uh, I was guilty of it many times tonight uh, throughout our line lineup. Everyone was kind of doing it where we got the puck behind the net and we worked so hard to get it. They do a good job of, of uh, you know, when they play 1-3-1 in the neutral zone and they just stack up the blue line and, and you got to dump it and to enter the blue line unless you're extremely creative and can dance in. But uh, most of the time you're going you're gonna to dump it in. We got to do a better job or we, we should have done a better job tonight of holding on to the puck, using the back of the net. Then looking to the slot, we were trying to force plays right away and kind of throwing plays blindly, you know, I can think of a few that I did off the top of my head right now. So uh, something to work on, um, holding on to the puck, uh, protecting it, getting motion with our D-men. So uh, we definitely have a lot to work on. I mean, you listen to the language that he's using, right? He's talking about forcing it. He's talking about rushing it. He's alluding to himself and others being careless with the puck. And it, it's what we're seeing out there on the ice. And it continues to be a repeat of what we've seen up to this point of the year. And like he said, they have some work to do. Hopefully they can rectify this with some practice once they get things going a little bit more consistently at home because once they do have this two, uh, two-game homestand, they do go back out on the road. But if they have some time on home ice, if they can get some practice in, if they can try and improve these things that we all know are problems, you'd like to think that with the home-heavy schedule the rest of the way that they will be able to make these necessary improvements and overall turn into a better hockey team. If they can't, I mean, I don't know. I mean, that doesn't seem like it's beyond them at this point. It doesn't seem like this is a lost cause. It seems like there is enough talent. There's enough established veteran talent. There's enough youth and there's enough of everything you need to get this fourth spot in the West. Yeah, well, I guess it's just simple math, right? We played 12 games already all on the road. So we're looking at a lot of home games to finish off this season. If we can have a, a, a good winning record at home, you know, bunch of games over 500 we'll give ourselves an opportunity to to be in that playoff spot and that's that has to be our goal you know we have to to have to defend home ice it's going to be different obviously without our fans and yeah that's tough and that's something that uh, we wish wasn't the case but uh, obviously understood right now Uh, we miss them we miss uh, being at SAP I mean it's been almost a calendar year since our last game in that that arena so looking forward to to getting back there and and playing wish our fans were there but uh, we need to uh, take care of business there. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty simple. Now that they have a home-heavy schedule, they need to win at home, and they need to continue to be a 500 team on the road. Even if they were slightly below 500, I think they've shown enough up to this point to prove that they can be a roughly 500 team on the road. Here's what Cooch had to offer when talking about the big picture 
of this 12-game road trip to start the season. Every team goes on road trips. Uh, we got to go home. We were home for four days, so it really wasn't that long. Would have really liked to, to get more points from this trip, so that's an excuse that we're not going to use. You know, maybe if we hadn't gone home for the four or five days that we, we, we did, then we could throw that out there, but uh, tonight just wasn't good enough, and uh, that has nothing to do with being on the road. And I have two reactions to what Cooch is saying there because he is intentionally ignoring the fact that this is the first time in the history of the NHL that a team has started out with a 12-game road trip. I understand that he's not going to use this as an excuse and he doesn't want to let his team use it as an excuse, but for reality's sake, for non-leadership's sake, you have to acknowledge what it is for what it is. I mean, that's not that doesn't change. We all know this was historic. We all know it was ridiculous in terms of the one team in the NHL dealing with this was the San Jose Sharks. However, I do appreciate the fact that Logan Couture is not going to look at this and view this as some sort of an excuse. He is saying in his own way of saying it that the team did not perform up to snuff, that they were not good enough. He said we wanted to earn more points out of this trip. He said that every team has road trips. He said, hey, we got to go home in the middle of it. And he's not wrong. He is choosing the paradigm in which he is viewing the road trip and how it pertains to his team a little bit skewed from reality. And I'm fine with that because he's using it as a motivational tactic, right? He's using it to try and show the rest of his team, hey, I'm not showing some road trip as being the reason why we're this way. We weren't good enough because we weren't good enough. It wasn't the games on the road. It wasn't the travel. It wasn't X, Y, or Z. It was because the team wasn't good enough. Specifically, last night, when they went down 3-0 to start the game, crawled their way back into it, and then watched it all get away from them yet again. It wasn't wasn't in the plans to to give that one up. We're we're hoping to come back and and tie it it up. And then, obviously, the power play goal is there. Uh, The challenge could have gone either way, in my opinion. And then then the lead was kind of insurmountable at that point. But uh, I thought through two periods, we just uh, weren't playing good enough. So kind of got what we deserved. What I like there about him alluding to the goal they gave up early in the third period to go down 4-2 was that he said it wasn't according to plan. Because, to me, he's saying that they were planning on tying that game and they were planning on winning that game. And I know it's easy to say that that's a obvious or be absurd to imply, but it's true. I think some teams would go out there and say, we're going to try and come back and tie this. We're going to try and get back into this. We're going to for Logan. What he's alluding to is that the mentality that the team had at the start of the third period, which I think you can see in the way they were playing at the start of the third period. I thought they were playing exceptionally well and buzzing around much in the same way they were in the first period. I think that they looked like they were a team that was planning on tying and then winning that game. It just all got away from them so quickly that it was it kind of made your head spin. But I do think there is something to be said for that mentality, and I hope that that shines through more and more often when we see them in particular back on home ice in San Jose. One of the things that was asked about after the game to head coach Bob Bugner was if this game, particularly the start, was a result of a team that was already looking forward to that game on Saturday and being back on home ice. I don't think so. I think that we had some real good positive energy. We had five out of six, chance to go seven out of eight with a great momentum coming home. You know, I thought a game that was real winnable from what, you know, the, the enough of good things we did in the first game. And then we came out in the first period, we were ready to play. We were generating four check chances. We were generating cycle chances. And again, I think just, uh, you know, we, we, we uh, you down three nothing after you, we thought we'd played a decent period. So, I mean, uh, I'll, I'll rewatch it and, and uh, maybe 
maybe that changes my mind, but uh, I know the feel behind the bench and, and I think all the players would agree. I thought that, uh, you know, worst case scenario, you give up on a power play, even though I don't think that was a very good goal, the first goal of the game at all. You give one up and maybe you're down one nothing, but, you know, down three nothing, I don't care where you're playing and, and uh, what team and you can't spot teams three and, and think you're going to come back every night. And Bugner also gave his big picture view on where the Sharks are after this 12-game road trip to start the season. Oh, I would have felt a heck of a lot better getting a point or two out of this building. Um, but all in all, I think, uh, um, you know, there's enough to draw on over the last 45 days or whatever it's been on the road. I think uh, we've been at home four nights in the last four, well, close to 50, 50 nights. We've been at home four. So, you know, there's a lot of uh, reasons to be, uh, you know, confident in some parts of our game. I thought that, uh, you know, we, we, we have other parts of our game that need to improve on, but I think that we've done enough to keep ourselves uh, in it. We, we talked about how important the first quarter of the season would be. And um, we've played 12 straight on the road. No one else has gone through that kind of adversity. So, uh, you know, we, we, uh, we got to go home and take advantage of some of our home games. And, and uh, you know, we're not home for very long. We're home for another four days and back out on the road. But after that St. Louis trip is, is when, uh, you know, we could start hopefully feeling like uh, we're in the same place for more than a couple weeks and, and feel good about our game and be able to practice and work on things at home. Big picture, the Sharks survived the 12-game road trip to start the season. It was not incredible. It was not abysmal. They are not dead in the water. Now, certain parts of their game were abysmal. The second period in particular. Other aspects of their games, I thought were all right. But I do think when you step back, if you say 5-6-1 and one after 12 games on the road, including a training camp that was not in San Jose but in Arizona, you feel like that's all right. And I feel like that's the way that you kind of sum up the Sharks right now. They're all right. It's not great hockey right now. It's not terrible hockey right now. They have simply kept themselves alive. They are most definitely in this and now they get the chance to have a home-loaded schedule for the remainder of the year. Speaking of scheduling, later today at 5, the Barracuda are taking on the Texas Stars. You can tune into that broadcast on the Sharks app. My man Nick Nolenberger does a fantastic job on those broadcasts, and I think you will definitely enjoy listening to him and listening to future members of the San Jose Sharks. All right, big picture Five, six, and one, not a terrible place to be after 12 games on the road to start the season. All right, we are out of time for the San Jose Sharks. I am Ted Ramey signing off. I'll see you all Sunday morning. You've been listening to the San Jose Sharks Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light on the Sharks Audio Network.